10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. Good morning, my Friday morning breaker breakers. Welcome to the Friday morning break, the start to the end of your week. I am Dorian Brown. It is Friday the 21th of January, and we are broadcasting live from the Teachers Talk Radio underground layer. How did you get to school this morning? How did most of your students get to school? Train, plane, automobile, helicopter? Or perhaps you walked, rode a bike, skateboarded, pogo sticked, or rollerbladed? Let us know, talk it out. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning, one and all. Thank you for joining me this morning on this fine day. And I'm sure, like me, you will have a slightly springier spring in your step this morning with the prospect of a weekend, but a few lessons away. And tonight we're going to work event like it's 1999. We shall kick off our show today with the show staple with my imaginary co-host Susie Dent and her word of the week. Yet again, Susie brings the noise and shows us that she's really got the finger on the pulse of uh, contemporary society. She brings our word today, sparple, S-P-A-R-P-L-E, and that is from the 14th century, and it means to deflect unwanted attention from one thing by making a big deal of another. So please temporarily prepare to be sparkled today because uh, we're going to be looking at how the COVID-19 lockdown periods and restrictions in the UK and indeed actually across Europe, how that ignited a cycling boom. Uh, people ditched their cars and, and, and indeed public transport in favour of two or sometimes three wheels. And governments introduced sort of cycling initiatives uh, as well as improving infrastructure and encouraging people to, to get out there on bikes a little bit more. Uh, health and environmental benefits of cycling are obvious, I think, uh, but we will talk these through today because you know they are important and, and, and as it is Teachers Talk Radio, we'll be looking at how we can promote and support our staff and students in adopting more greener and, and sustainable modes of transport to school and back. Now, this has all sort of come about um, recently with the, well, in November last year, the, the DFE draft strategy on sustainability and climate change, which I've talked about to a, with a number of guests in, uh, in, in previous shows and kind of dropped in <laughs> everywhere that I've been able to. Um, the strategy is, is in, in draft form at the moment on sustainability and, and, and climate change, and it is due for its final publication in around, I think, April of this year. Now, uh, for those not familiar with it, it sets out how education institutions really will be expected to move towards more greener, sort of sustainable practices um, and really just kind of help us uh, m meet our pledges from COP26 and and indeed kind of uh, solidify our, our commitment to the Paris Agreement, which was uh, the idea of us uh, globally uh, working together to keep the average temperature increase to less than one and a half degrees. 
The strategy itself does suggest that the, our sector, the education sector, should really be the, the beacons of sustainability, really, and, and ensure that, that climate education is delivered across the curriculum, but also that schools and trusts themselves adopt sustainable business practices, looking at everything from how they operate to, um, to their supply chains to policies, you know, government level, all the governance level, all, all the way down. There is actually also an expectation in the strategy there that new schools, uh, well, new schools at least, um, buildings and estates should uh, operate at net zero. So, you know, it is it is coming. And, you know, all of what I've just kind of talked through there in, in very brief form is really, it, it does seem to be a fair undertaking, I think. But I think it is indeed a, a, a necessary undertaking. And there is really that kind of strong sense that changes not just coming, but it's already here. And, and a number of guests I've spoken to already on previous shows are part of the solution. Um, and, um, you know, we all have a, a, a we all have a part to play. Um, you know, many, many hands make light work in, in, in that regard. Um, so uh, there is, as I said, uh, change, change is already here and schools should be starting to put the, the, <laughs> the wheels in motion, if you will, uh, and, and work towards some of these strategies even before you're in advance of that formal publication. So one thing that we can start to do is look at our transport strategies. Um, what, what does your does your school have a, a, a transport policy, a strategy? Uh, does it encourage people? Does it incentivize? Uh, does it uh, facilitate the uh, the use of of two wheels, skateboards, pogo sticks, whatever, um, to get to and from school? Um, and what does what does your school currently do to make people think uh, and be a bit more aware of their daily greenhouse gas emissions uh, from their daily commute? Uh, I'm, I'm super excited today to be joined in the studio by my guest Ray Craig, and his love affair with cycling began all the way back in the in the 80s with his Blue Rally Grifter um, when he was living near the New Forest. Uh, and today he works as a bike at schools officer for Sustrans. Uh, within schools in the south of England. So we're going to talk uh, about Ray's experiences to date, um, how he's been leading change via small-scale individual, local and citywide strategies. Um, but we'll also hear some tips from him as well and advice about how we can get some more staff and students to, to ditch their four wheels in, in favour of fewer, greener ones. Before we do do that, uh, we are going to hear from our tech guru, Steve Woods. Uh, in fact, it's not Steve Woods himself. It's going to be his cyborg screen reader today. Uh, he's going to lay out some things that we might want to consider when choosing and using visualizers in your school. And we will have Ray joining us live straight after this. So do not go away. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week Steve has lost his voice. So I am going to take a look at visualizing in the classroom. Before I begin, this is not about which product is best and comparing brands and features. This is about what you need to consider to make the best choice for your school or department. Visualizing in the classroom, in my opinion, is getting something that will be difficult to see into a format that a whole class can see more easily. This may be a live moving image or a still image. Also, it may be projected onto a large screen or cast out to multiple devices. The whole idea is it makes something small more accessible. The list of devices that can do this is huge, but they fall, roughly, into three categories. 
visualizers, document cams and webcams. What is the difference? In sport the definition of fitness is the ability to cope with the environment around you. When you are purchasing a device, this is what you need to consider. Don't just buy one because someone else uses it and says it's amazing. Their environment may be totally different to yours. The factors that are going to affect your purchase are cost, size, software, portability, features, and what you already have in terms of audiovisual equipment. Lighting is sometimes overlooked and depending on what you are capturing can make a huge difference. Starting with the most expensive option, the visualizer. Generally, classroom visualizers come with a large footprint meaning they take up a lot of desk space. They tend to have a high-quality downward-facing camera, lighting built-in top-down and even sometimes a backlit bed. They tend to allow control from the unit so there will be little or no need to move away from the device to operate. This may be useful if a lot of time is spent using the device or furniture obstructs movement. A lot of visualizers are also standalone meaning they work independently of your computer however, additional software can be installed to further augment the experience. Document cameras tend to be less expensive, have a smaller footprint and be more portable compared to visualizers however, they usually have less features and need a computer to use them. Although they are plug and play there is normally additional software available that will provide the ability to capture still and moving images, zoom in and out like a visualizer but normally control is via the computer it is attached to. Generally, they do not feature built-in lighting but tend to have a built-in microphone. The cheapest option, the webcam is plug and play and may have additional software however, the previous devices are designed for projecting something desk-based to an audience. The webcam is designed to work in a different way but can be more versatile especially if you move rooms frequently. You need a computer to plug it into, some come with flexible arms and a base you can plug it into but like the document cam, they are restricted by the length of the USB cable. Now we have an idea of what the devices are capable of the next question is what do you already have? Do you have an interactive board? If so imaging a pupil's book with a cheaper webcam and using pinch zoom and annotation may do the job. Or in a bright setting an HD webcam may do the trick. In the past the rule was the higher the price the better quality of image. Today that isn't necessarily so. My conclusion is before you spend out, do your research and consider the fitness of the device for your environment and your value for money. And please talk to your school technical support before you purchase anything. Sometimes devices are not compatible with school networks. For a visual version of this episode check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods' screen reader and that was 2 Minute Tech. 2 Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. Thank you very much there, Mr. Woods. Uh, need a bit of a lie down, actually, after uh, listening to that. At, uh, at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, really good. Uh, big advocate of visualizing myself um, uh, for the last couple of years. Absolutely, completely kind of changed the, a bit of a game changer, I think, in, in, in delivering uh, lessons, particularly when we've been doing it online as well. Uh, so uh, as you heard before the, uh, the, the tech there, I am going to now bring, I hope, uh, Ray Craig into the studio. Are you there, Ray? Yes, I am. Good morning to you. Beautiful. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking your time to join us on the morning break here on Teachers Talk Radio. We would like to start off, if that's okay with you, by just hearing a little bit about you, your story. I said before the uh, the break there about how you started off with your rally grifter back in the, the golden age. <laughs> Um, and that's when your love affair with cycling began. So I wonder if you might uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and give us an idea of your, your journey or route through um, well, education or, or to, to your current job, please, sir. Sure, Dorian. Um, hi, everyone. So um, I'm very excited, actually, that you, you've had some Prince music going on there to start with. My wife's a massive fan, so thank you for that. Let's see what we can Noticed do. Noticed it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm ready to go. I've had my Wim Hof shower this morning, nice cold shower. I've had a little bike ride this morning, so I'm ready to roll. Um, nice. My story into it. Okay, well, 
I guess, um, yeah, I, I, um, I was lucky enough to live near the forest when I was younger, over the New Forest in the south of England. And uh, I had the opportunities to jump on my bike, you know, and, and go and explore out in the woods and, and go out with my friends and socialize. And I got into cycling that way. Um, I got myself a, a rally mag burner as well. So I, I kind of developed my, I guess, my, my bike skills and my love of adventure on a bike from that. Um, I remember when I was got a bit older, of course, and I rode to school and I would, I'd have a rally at arena. So I had a lot of rallies. They were the bike to have back then. Not um, a chopper. That's surely any chopper. Chopper, that, no? <laughs> chopper would definitely That's the go-to, to isn't it? Well. Yeah. <laughs> Never had a chopper, but I'd like to still own one of those. Um, but yes, we used to ride to school with our bars poking up, um, on our race bikes. Actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it, but back in the day, that's what we used to do. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess it all started from there. I've always had throughout my career, you know, cycling in the background somewhere, just a way of getting me around. And, and a big, big factor for me was the fun side of it. Um, I then went into, I went actually into a retail career. So I'll talk about Sustrand in a second, but I was in, uh, I was in retail for many years. Um, I was in sales. My last kind of uh, longer term job, I was actually in phone sales. So if you need any help with phones, let me know. <laughs> But, not not but, bike sales, not rally bike sales, no. Not bike sales. <laughs> I was into phones and um, I worked with many teams selling phones, so I quite enjoyed that. And um, I used to cycle to work when I could, um, but um, that was quite a different background to you know some of my colleagues that I worked with. Mm. I then um, later on, I um, I worked for British Cycling. So I got myself quite a few qualifications and I set up my own little business called Pedal Planet. So I take people out mountain biking. Um, I take them individually or in groups. And I would go through, you know, core bike handling skills and things like that. So I really enjoyed setting that up. And that, that's still running. But now I work full time for, for Sustrans. And um, uh, about nine years, I think nine years in October. And I absolutely love my role. I'm very lucky. I get to work with thousands of children across, um, well, Southampton now. I worked across Hampshire and Gosport with many schools, probably getting on for around 60 schools now, um, primary, uh, secondary. And um, I get to work on a project called Bike It. So I get called Bike It Ray, Dorian, quite often. So, Bike It so Ray, I'm, I'm, it's a name that's Bike stuck. It Ray. Right. So it's a name I've got for life, I think. And um, <laughs> my project's called Bike It. Um, just to give you a little bit about Sustrans, if you didn't know, Sustrans Sustainable Transport started actually as back in 1977 as a cycle bag, I believe. So it was a group of environmental campaigners decided they want to get together and they wanted to look at what we could do to increase cycling um, and participation and walking. Um, changed to the name Sustrans 1983. Uh, we are a charity. We work in we work in England, Wales, Northern Ireland, Scotland. And one of the, the, big, the big things that we do is the National Cycle Network. So those blue signs that you might see out and about when yes. you're out walking and cycling. We launched the first one back in um, uh, uh, Bristol and Bath Railway Path. And it's, and it's so many people uh, use it, Doran. I mean, I think I was Yeah, a well-trodden path for me when I was younger, that ah, one. Yes. Yeah, it was, I think it's getting on for eight, eight or nine million people use it a year. You know, it's really uh, busy, which is fantastic. It's beautiful as well. You get to get to pass some really beautiful places in the wilderness there between Bristol and Bath. It's lovely. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been along there. I love it. Um, and you've got the twin tunnels. There's lots of great areas to explore. Mm. Um, back in 
well, let's say 95, um, there was a Safe Routes to School project. Um, I believe it was based on a, a project in Denmark um, with some Millennium Lottery funding. And that's something that's carried on throughout our work. So looking at, you know, all the, the routes that you can get to school. And I'll, I'll perhaps talk about a little bit more about that later. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Sustrans is a big organization now. We have uh, oh, 3,000 volunteers, um, 30,000 supporters, and about mm-hmm. 650 colleagues. So and we work in communities, schools, and workplaces. Um, and we work on projects like School Street. So I'll, I'll chat about it a bit later. We, we do our best to include everyone. I'll, I'll run through some of our, our values, really. We include everyone. Um, we, we like to question. We like to question the norm or what's going on. We, mm-hmm. we, we act local, um, but we think big. Um, we get things done together. We like to work together. Um, and we're always learning, you know, on how we can adapt. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of those. And our main, I guess, mission is we want to make it easier for people to walk and cycle. And kind of our vision um, is a society where the way we travel creates healthier places and happier lives for everyone. So, um, yeah, Lovely. that's our, our overarching aims, if you like. Beautiful. And, and, and what, a, what a time as well to be kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, thrust into the limelight as a result of uh, COVID. I mentioned in the beginning there how, you know, it kind of really yeah. did create a bit of a boom of people you know, dumping the four wheels or the, the six wheels or whatever, the public transport and actually spending a little bit more time on bikes. So it must have um, mm-hmm. correlated with a, perhaps maybe a peak, uh, a bit of a, a spike in interest in, in, in Sustrans there. Um, Ray, there's so much that I'd like to get into uh, from what you've just you've talked through there. It's absolutely wonderful that uh, you know uh, I've spoken to a number of people on on, on previous shows and guests, and I've uh, actually a, a mutual friend, Paul, um, who, yes, who who yeah. put me in touch with you actually, um, very very much kind of uh, part of the puzzle, if you like, in trying to uh, make this this. Uh, realize these targets the paris agreement the 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 dfe draft strategy etc so um we're we're gonna if i could just really just kind of step back a a little bit and just ask ask you personally what what you've described your 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 love and your and your background and the fun and enjoyment etc of biking um and you've you know managed to fortunately um get yourself a job which involves doing what you enjoy what is it that is your your sort of motivation then? So, what, where where does the 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 will, the year, and the desire come from? To um, you know, as you described to Sustran's um, uh, vision, there really, where where does your personal will come from? Sure, I, I think um, if I if I think about my my school's work, Dorian, you know specifically, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think about I think there's about uh, maybe three hundred or so schools officers that do a similar role to me. So, a little shout out to them. Um, doing some great work on the south coast and i for me um if you ever if you ever been kind of on the the school run if you like you know the drop off time mm. and you it, it can be it can be real carnage to be honest not a nice atmosphere um you know the 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 smell of it that you can tell people are stressed trying to get the children to school on time if you know they they jump in the car and things like that or they're doing sometimes they've got little other drops to do because they've got younger children and you know uh, different schools to get to and and I kind of see that on and you know just up the road from me where I live um, and I see all these cars parked backed up along the roads and I you know and I see people rushing around and actually it's quite a dangerous environment as well. 
Mm. Um, people aren't talking to each other. There's not much socialising. So it's a nightmare, isn't it? And it's a well trod. It's a well known thing, isn't it? People say, "Oh no, I won't go now because I want to miss the school." Run, you know, the school run. You know, when you're yeah. trying to get anywhere, you don't go anywhere when the when the schools are dropping off or picking up, do you? No, no, not at all. It's it's not pleasant. And I, so so within my role and some of the you know, initiatives initiatives that we run, we do look at increasing you know walking and cycling participation and um, like you mentioned, pogo sticks, anything that's going to be. <laughs> active something that's going to get us moving you know we're not sat in a box um we've got families so they're going to talk to each other enjoy each other's company along the trip um there's lots of statistics you know that just like a 15 minute like any good exercise 15 minutes of exercise which can be walking to school jumping on your bike it can increase um, concentration among children up to four hours. I mean, that, that's mm. just incredible, isn't it? And first uh, thing in the morning, it's vital, isn't it? When you think about if you're, if you're, you, we've we've taught students that have literally feet, seem like they've fallen out of bed into a car, fallen out of car into the yeah, classroom, yeah. you know, and they're just yeah. they're still asleep. <laughs> but yeah. but a, a bike, the fresh air, etc., the endorphins, it, you know, that it it just wake wakes them up and gets them in the mood, mood ready to learn, right? Yeah, it does. It does. And they get to see their friends, you know, and have a little chat outside of the classroom. And, um, you know, I think it's very noticeable when I've done some of my events where we we go say, um, for example, we might do a map of the area and we might look at different um, walking areas we can go to and, and where the streets come together and what's the best way of the routes through the safest routes or um, and it's very noticeable, actually, that you, you do a little, you know, hands up survey of which children have you're normally coming in the car and which ones actually go on a bus or train or cycle or scoot. And you mm. can tell that the ones that their awareness is higher, there's kind of street cred. You know, they know the road names. Um, they know that there's a, you know, a Labrador dog on just on the corner that they pet as they yes. go. You know, they, they're, they're more involved in their environment. It's really quite, yes. you know, it's great to see. Their mental um, map, I guess you would call that, like the, the mental yeah, map of their area yeah. just is rich, isn't it? As opposed to just going from A to B in a, in a, in a box, as you said. Yeah. I hadn't Absolutely. thought about that before. That's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Um, going back to the motivation, though, mm. trying to create this, this area, you know, where um, if I had it my way, everyone would be on their bikes and walking to school mm. and enjoying that. Um, and I think the massive golden nuggets of my job are definitely in the actual the bike skills and the training um, and mm-hmm. seeing children and adults too um, and school staff progress their cycling, their skills, mm-hmm. their confidence, and they tell me about their little journeys. And, you know, mums and dads send me a little video of their, you know, children riding out the forest and really enjoying it or finding a new route. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a big part for me, big motivation. <laughs> That, that, that that's that's really great to hear and i think you know that 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 care for the environment and that care for the the health and, and well-being etc of students is something which i think resonates with all of us and i wonder if anyone in the studio has um uh has re- remembers doing the cycling proficiency back in school because i think that might be <laughs> that's something that kind of popped into my head so give us a thumbs up in the studio if you if you've done your cycling <laughs> proficiency or something that would be great um it's uh a couple of things that we're going to kind of uh, look at, and I, I hope this will be a kind of a thread th- throughout really, is is that that we're trying to kind of dispel some myths and try to, you know, because I'm sure, Ray, in your line of work, you come up with a lot of excuses. You, you hear a lot of excuses as to reasons <laughs> as to why people don't uh, go on go on their bikes. Because, you know, these these boxes that we we, we, we drive around, et cetera, are, are, are convenient, aren't they? I think that's a yeah. big, a big thing. So 
I know that you've probably had to deal with a lot of those. You've had every kind of um, everyone in the book, I suppose. But there's the excuses. But then there's also the the, the skilling up, as you've just said there. And I think it's um, part of our um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our duty of care to make sure if we are just saying, right, everybody go out on your bikes and go to go to to and from school across the roads. It's our duty of care to actually enable them and, and ensure that they have the correct amount of training and, and, and skills development, et cetera, so that they are able to do said thing um, safely. So are there some aspects of your job where those two kind of cross over? Yeah, abs- absolutely. I think that's one of my huge motivations really is that um, the, the actual bike skills and bike handling part for me you know because I said when I started I've done you know quite a few qualifications and coaching and things like that and bike ability you mentioned so cycling proficiency is now called you know bike ability and we have these national standards instructors and they'll come in year five year six normally and they will take the children out on the road so there's three levels uh level one bike ability if anyone didn't know about this is level one is kind of your core skills in a playground environment so learning to signal learning to swerve learning to use your brakes and your gears corner bunny hop is that is bunny, bunny hop in there as well bunny hops not in there <laughs> bunny hops well they should be i think they should be bunny hops <laughs> technicals yeah <laughs> um and and then when those those children are feeling confident enough from level one then level two they will go out on quiet roads they'll get to understand mm-hmm. how the junctions work you know and how to turn from a major to a minor road how to do a u-turn how to avoid car doors and yes. um you know that's something we, we'll talk perhaps the highway code a little bit uh, later as well mm. about some changes going on there but it's so crucial that this training takes place and you know when i look into what you know the dutch do and copenhagen and denmark and you know massive mm. participation in cycling i think it's you know up to 40 percent, 50 percent in some schools and mm. um, we're we're running in the UK a two or three percent average. Really? Wow, that's so, that's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> having said that, the schools, you know, the work that we work with in our project with Bike It, I've seen schools coming up to twenty, twenty-five percent. You know, we're getting some, you know, five, ten percent, and we set them a, a little target. But going back to mm. bikeability, so crucial that there's two elements, I guess, to it. There's the bikeability, and then there's also. If you want to ride on, you know, on our roads and you want to be confident and ride wherever you want to go, because I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, you know, I think it's important to be able to ride where you want. Hmm. If you're lucky enough to have some nice cycle infrastructure, that's brilliant. But I wouldn't want that to be another barrier. I think I like to go where I want to go. Um, and if you can learn to, you know, mount your bike properly, move it around, brake properly, if something runs out in front of you or use your gears well, how to, you know, climb hills without, you know, really tiring yourself out. Mm. And then, of course, there's the other element of knowing what what is out there now, technology-wise, in terms of e-bikes and, you know, to overcome all these. Mm. Um, I call them, we call them barriers, but actually, are they? You know, they're so-called barriers in our minds, aren't they, a lot of the time? Yeah, yeah excuses. <laughs> I, think, I think excuses, aren't they? Masquerading as barriers, barriers. perhaps. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because it also made me think, you know, whenever we, you know, whenever you are, are going to, to schools, you, you, 
particularly in the UK, you've, you, you, you're within a, a district, an area, aren't you? So the, the, the yeah. excuse of it being too far away just doesn't kind of, <laughs> doesn't always add up, does it? Because I don't know what the furthest dif- distance might be from the outside of, a, of, a ca- of an area to a school, but it's certainly manageable, I think, in, in the majority of cases. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if, they, if, they, always... if they've got the appropriate skills, yeah. What, what's the most common uh, excuse or barrier that 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 you that you, uh, that you hear or that you have to deal with? I think that I sometimes I'll I'll have a chat and sit in with the you know the, the guys in the staff room and I'll just I'll, I'll listen. I think listening listening is very important to understand it because it's all very well for me to say you know I I've been lucky enough to ride for many years and I've been lucky enough to learn quite a few skills you know and awareness and so on. But if someone's new to it, and a lot of the time it's about, we've got the, the usual, I guess, we've got safety, we've got time, um, mm. we've got uh, things like my bike's broken, you know, the maintenance mm. side of things, or mm. I've got a puncture, I'm not sure what to do. We've also got routes, we're not, I'm not sure where to ride, uh, where I can ride. So, but I would say, if I asked in terms of, you know, your, your show, Dorian, I, and I'm thinking about the teams and the staff, a lot of the time I hear the distance because I know we've got some very big catchment areas as well now for children. Mm. You know, um, people travel a lot further. But there is also about, we call it a multi, multimodal ways of getting around. So you might, you might mm. decide, look, you might decide a bit of train. You might jump on, put your bike on the train. You might do a little bit of a walk and you might do even a park and stride where we encourage people to park a bit further away and then get that you yeah. know, last 10-minute walk in. I've not heard of that before. I like it. Play on park and ride, park and stride. Park and stride. Like it. Yeah. It. Park and ride, park and stride. And <laughs> it's just a way of getting that extra. Or scoot from the boot. That's popular as well. Wow. <laughs> Scooters are another great way. Yes. Have you been on a scooter, Dorian? I did try my daughter's. Yeah, I think I might have broken it, but don't tell her. But they, <laughs> yeah. um, they, they certainly take a little bit of getting used to, don't they? They do. They do. We've got a lot of electric ones that seem to be the the the, uh-huh. the, the fashion, the sort of battery charge one, the fashion round here at the moment, which uh, is a bit. It's a little bit. Um, I find them a little bit dangerous because you don't hear them coming. That's the that's the issue with those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I do a lot of um, scooter skills work in in school, and I do encourage adults to get on there's plenty of great adult scooters mm. now mm. and it's much nicer to see a family scooting along together um I've, I've you know trialed them out in schools and things like that um but going back to this the, the back the so-called barriers um the mm. perceived barriers if we look at i suppose if we break them down safety is definitely going to come up in there so safety for me is is really um there's a lot of perceived danger out there um I remember Chris Hoy, so Chris Hoy giving a nice quote on an interview once saying they were talking about safety and he said, statistically, um, cycling is, is safer than gardening, you know, and actually <laughs> knowing, knowing some of my family that have had accidents of ladders and cut themselves and speared mm. themselves with things, then I can understand it. Yes, mm. there are things to consider when you're out there, but if you just get some support and you know a few little tips like where to position yourself on the road. Um, I didn't mention level three bike ability. Now, level three is a little little two or three hour training course. And I, I would say everyone should be doing it. Anyone who's cycling on a bike, really, 
where you would go through junctions, roundabouts. They're, they're where problems can happen, you know? Mm. If you ever heard the term of, oh, I didn't, I didn't see you, that's generally mm. because that's a, a lack of understanding from both parties, I think, sometimes, you know, a driver's and a, and a rider, yes. on, you know, catching someone's eye, being in the right position, knowing when to go, when not to. And all that comes down to great bike handling as well. But start start small to safety door. You know, find a place where you're comfortable. You know, go around the block, find a, lo- a local park, start small and just build up. And then when you're feeling more confident, go out with someone, get them to show you your route to school. Um, I've run a program called Riding with Ray, where I will sort of end to end from someone's house to the school, help them plan a route. Um, even choose a bike to buy, um, and then ride in as a family. And and if you try it and do it, then you're more likely, you know, to change these habits. So, yes, absolutely. The experience um, of actually doing it, yeah, makes makes all the difference. And yeah, it's almost like yeah. a rite of passage, isn't it? That kind of you know, as a as a parent myself, you know, kind of getting your getting your um your kids on on a bike, you know, try you know that stage where you're at the where we're at right now actually, which is taking the stabilizers away without too many falling. <laughs> stabilizers, yeah. Um, but but yeah, that, it's all part. It's all part of the It's all part of yeah. the, the the and you know, and the moving on from that is then you know, like I said, planning the route, going on family rides, etc. And just you know those, those those small little small little things rather than kind sure. of drive down to the park we're all cycling down to the park it makes you know it all it's all, every every big journey starts with the first step doesn't it? it does it does it does it's trying it and it's and it's you know not not choosing a busy monday to try it you choose the weekend you know go mm. off peak um you know go in the evening or something like that when it's quiet um, and giving it a go and I think it's about we talked a little bit about habits didn't we Dorian there's a lot of mm. I know there's a lot of stats out there about how long habits take to form and you know things about if you want to master something is it 10,000 hours they say that's I'm not right, necessarily yeah. think that's true I think I think it can depend what support you get who you're coached by you know the commitment you put in yourself and and your own motivation your um, knowledge of the environment, I think, fits in there nicely as well, doesn't it? Knowing definitely. knowing your roots and knowing your environment helps you out on that one, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a it's an exciting time and uh, you know great opportunities to to go and. Tr- there is a lot of support out there for people, though. I think you'd be surprised how much is out there, um, and I can you know, link some people to some things for that. Yes, great. We've got our show notes at the end, obviously, where we can uh, where we can kind of pop any links that you refer to. Um, if any listeners would like to uh, follow up on any of those, I'm sure many many will. Um, we are um, also uh, the the sort of introduction there. I spoke about the idea that you know there is a very obvious environmental benefit as well as a very obvious health benefit of both these things. So, to what extent do you use both of those? You know, they are the things that are pretty well known, aren't they? Yes, everyone knows that it's more healthy to be cycling than in a car. Everyone knows that you are drastically reducing your greenhouse gas emissions if you're on a bike or a skateboard than, than yeah. compared to a car. So to what extent do you use those um, to um, uh, encourage uh, people? How powerful are do you? Do you find those those vectors in, in, in encouraging people on out of cars, tempting them out of cars? Well, you're absolutely right. I, I, know, um, I know it's ref- the bike and cycling was referred to as um, you know, kind of the miracle pill, really, if you like, and that includes mm-hmm. health, you know, better for your health, your wellness, you know, depression, um, your heart, everything else, you know, um, 
And then, of course, you've got the local factors, haven't you? You're not you're not taking up space. You are not. You're you're helping with the air quality. Um, you know, you're you're just having fun, actually. And I think it can make you <laughs> turn into a little kid again, riding a bike again. <laughs> it's a massive part of it. Um, when I'm talking, you know, talking to um, schools, when I've done some classroom work, we will go through all these, you know, different factors, and we talk about. Um, how you're helping the environment and, and things like that. I think that is that enough though. Like, is health and environment? Is that, does that seem to be enough? Is it is it convincing enough to people that you talk about to 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 to, to coax them out of their convenient little boxes? It's not always enough. I think for some people, of course, if you're if you're in the the kind of field I'm in, and you get lots of information about the environmental side and the impact, mm. then yes, that that may have a factor on it. I think people, when it comes down to it, and I'm generalizing a little bit, will look at, you know, the cost involved, the cost mm. factor time. Yes. I think there's a there's a bit of a misconception about time that, you know, I can I couldn't get to, you know, the school on time if I did it that way or but when you actually have a go at it, you'll you'll be very surprised. And the other thing I love about riding a bike is that I know that if I leave home and I've got to be at an appointment somewhere at a school or, you know, the workplace I know pretty much bang on what time I'll get there because I mm. don't have, I don't have, you know, traffic sat in front of me. Mm. I don't have other fa- factors to think about. Yes. For longer journeys, Dorian, I, I, I kind of get that, but I think there's also something in there about um, the way that workplace and schools operate in flex, you know, flexible wise and the hours that, that we do as well. I think mm. that's part of it. Um, but is it enough Yes, it is for some people, but I think I think the one thing that I found the most successful where I've where I've perhaps should we say converted people to riding a bike who were quite <laughs> really not keen. Um, it's the it's all very well the theory side because it, a lot of people yes. want to do it. They're in this. Um, I think I had a look at the behaviour change curve the other day, and they're in this pre contemplation change, um, thinking about doing it. Yes. But they really want to. They don't know where to start. And when the ones I've actually actually got to do it, um, I've sort of come back. Actually, it wasn't too bad. That hill wasn't as bad as I thought. Or mm. that only took me twenty minutes. And the the big thing I found that really changes people is that kind of great, you know, that feeling of exercise um, releases your endorphins, doesn't it? Mm. Um, like any good bit of sport you do, um, you're going under your own steam. You feel like you're making a difference. Um, mm. And also logging it. I found logging it is really important. And, you know, they say that mm. if, you, if you log something, whether it be on Strava or an app, or you just write down, yeah, I did five miles Monday, you know, I did 20 minutes mm. there, 20. It becomes a habit and an enjoyable one. And then, of course, the great the great leveler with riding bikes and things is that socially, you know, you can you can go with your friends, you can meet up, you can go to the shops, take your trailer, you know, get your week shopping. You start you start thinking, oh, where can I go? What can I do different? 
But you're right, and it's easier to stop off here and there, isn't it, on the way? You can enjoy the, the, the route more than if you're in a car where Absolutely. perhaps maybe finding a parking spot or anything like that isn't, isn't, isn't as good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's fantastic, and it made me think. I, I watched um, – so, so we focused here on the, on the individual about how can we persuade or, or – it's, it's a bit of a shame, really. We don't. We shouldn't have to persuade, right? We should. We should. We. We. I guess we assume that everybody has the all of the information that they need to be able to make the right decision. And if it is possible for them to be able to get on the bike or whatever, then they should. But like you said, they're in that contemplation. You know, they 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 have the will, but maybe not the way. And that's where um, uh, mm-hmm. bikeability and and sustrans and 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 your job, I suppose, come to the fore. If you look at it at the other end. And to what extent can the the the, the government or the council, etc., and you know, become the enablers? I I, I watched um uh, a little little snippet of a documentary on the the um, the metro system or the or the train system in Japan, uh, in Tokyo in particular, like nobody nobody has a car because it's you can't, it's impossible they've made it so difficult in terms of cost in terms of journey time in terms of uh you know in terms of any car ownership and and the infrastructure is is set up for a train network um and so are we moving towards that a little bit perhaps maybe and do you think after the you know with this with this draft uh, uh strategy on on climate change and sustainability do you feel that there's going to be more urban areas that are going to become more bike friendly i do i do i think there's a lot there is definitely a lot going on in the background and like all things that can be could be more done on it if i think about some of the work we do with sustrans and and um i i work with southampton schools i'm in partnership with you know the southampton council team mm-hmm. and you know we've we've had a few years where we have put in a lot of i think it's 30 nearly 40 miles of um new cycling infrastructure and um you know and they're they're placed at places where we we call them kind of 20 minute neighborhoods where you know you've got everything you want within a kind of 20 minute walking cycling radius Mm. you know your shops your library your banks or whatever you know Mm. and it's all there within that so you don't need to jump in a car you know, you don't need to find yes. parking and pay for it, things like that. So, so there's town planning as a big town planning is huge, yeah. huge mm. part of it. Um, and we work on. I must mention um, just on the schools. We we work on school streets a lot as well, where we we will close. Um, it's all part of um, you know discussions with the, with the residents and um, with the local council town planning. And we will we will close the outside of a school at peak drop off and pick up times. It's like a timed closure, and mm. then you've got this atmosphere where you you know everyone can go into the road and use it as extra space because space is you know a real premium around some of these schools. Mm. Of course, it's a lot safer environment. There's no traffic at all. Residents are allowed to come in and out in a very you know walked through system. They're marshaled. Um, so we've got about 11 of those going on at the moment and they're growing a huge, I think there's, I think there's 80 in London or um, we've got two permanent closures where we've got actual bollards that come up and down each day. Nice. You know, and that moves the problem of air, you know, air pollution and everything as well, completely mm-hmm. away from the front of schools and everything. And like you said, it kind of, I say normalizes, but it certainly builds a bit more of a kind of a, a, a greener uh, transportation community. If, if you're encouraging people, you know, not just students, but teachers and, and local residents, et cetera, to come out yeah. uh, and, you know, and, and, and do, their, do their thing on their wheels. 
Yeah, absolutely. It becomes, I know when, I'll know as, when, as soon as I visit a new school, perhaps, I'll know that there's this inviting kind of green environment because they've got, say, um, they've got a bike shed out the front. It's been looked after. Mm-hmm. It's clean. They've got, you know, I'll, I'll even go to the point where I know they're quite a green school because you sign in and it'll say, how did you travel today? I oh, nice. At, That's a good which, idea. Which yeah. brilliant because <laughs> you get to record, you know, how are people coming yeah. in? Um, I and it gets at, people to think about it as well, doesn't it? When, the, you know, that second kind of like they, they yeah. check themselves like, oh, yeah, yeah. car again. <laughs> you, know, you mentioned normalizing, Dorian. I think that's huge. Normalizing, whether it be scooting, adult scooters, normalizing, whether it be normalizing on the bike mm. um, rather than exception. And the more the more of us that do it, then the more that join in as well. But, um, yeah, definitely mm. the, the schools that I was at Showling Junior School yesterday. Um, one of our top schools in Southampton, they've won um, numerous awards. We do a, a mode shift stars system. So if mm-hmm. there's any schools out there who would like to um, find out about signing up for mode shift stars, it's, a, it's an accreditation. I think it's schools travel accreditation reward scheme. And the local authorities normally you know, fund it. And it allows you to have a system. It's an online system, travel and you can put in their targets you can look at where you're at you know do we need a bike shed what's our infrastructure like what's the roads like how do people well, get in so that's really that sounds amazing that sounds amazing and we will link that in below because i think yeah. it, it's not just so we were on that individual level first off and now we're on you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a quick break just in a second um but yeah, that whole idea of what schools can do now. So imagine you're a school leader, a school governor, even a teacher. Mm. Um, well, mm. I want to hear, want to hear um, after the break, if I may, a little bit um, of like, like what you've what you've just talked about. You know, what is it that? Um, what are the first steps that schools that would like to promote and encourage uh, greener greener transport? What are the first things that they can do to kind of get the uh, get the wheels turning, shall I say? Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll go to a quick, uh, quick break, if I may, now, Ray, and we'll be back in a couple of mins. Great. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full, free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. 
Welcome back. You join me in the studio with Ray Craig, who is the Bike It Schools officer working for Sustrans, and we have uh, in the south of England, and we have been really kind of letting the time roll away from us, I think, really, and just spending so much time talking about the positivity and the virtues of, of, of being greener with our cycling. Um, really want to be able to give our listeners uh, on Teachers Talk Radio some some tidbits and some 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 takeaways, some things that they can really kind of go away with now and, uh, and, and, and start to kind of get the ball rolling or the wheels turning in their own school. Um, so just before the break, there I kind of had, we were mentioning um, if you could just remind us of what that uh, what, the, what that uh, tracking system was that you you were talking about there Ray and that and we'll put that in the show notes for people to follow afterwards yeah sure Dorian that was called the uh, mode shift stars mode shift system stars. yeah uh, mode shift stars and um, yeah we use it uh, a lot in Southampton across Hampshire and um, that's something if you you know in the ideal world you'd have a school's officer, perhaps some sustrans, um, you know, working with your local authority. But there, of course, there are some areas that may not have that. So it is a way of you having a bit of a bit of a strategy. Um, it would help you produce. Uh, you mentioned, I think, policy in your intro, Dorian. So that that's crucial. I think that the school has, you know, a, a green policy that we mm. encourage walking, cycling. Um, and then down the bottom somewhere, the last thing is, this is where you can park kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I think if you can get that on your, like your school improvement pr- plan, I was a governor for a while and it's something that I think is really important is that, you know, the whole, the whole governing and management team understand the importance of it. And then ideally also some of my top schools are where, you know, perhaps the head teacher or some of the, the keys, you know, some of the staff there ride in um, mm. just to be kind of great role models, really. Yeah, yeah, modelling it, yeah. Or, or walk, you know, I, I, obviously I'm talking about cycling a lot and bike it rave, but, but actually, <laughs> walk, you know, walking's massive, massively important. Scoot um, it, Ray, doesn't quite, uh, it, doesn't not, have the same ring around it, no. <laughs> it's not quite there. Um, I'll chat about some of the, shall I chat, Darren, about some of the kind of projects that we run? Um, yeah yeah i think yeah this section's all about kind of what 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 can what what can schools do so obviously there's there's those little things little steps you know modeling good uh things you know promoting it having it having it kind of weaved into the 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 fabric of the school through policies from governance level all the way down etc i think is a really important thing to to use that word again to normalize it to make actually do you know what can we coming to and from school but walking uh, by bike or whatever is is the you know is the default and there you know if there are except you know a bike uh, sorry a car or, or whatever would be would would be an exception uh, under an exceptional circumstance perhaps but yeah if, if you could also now kind of talk us about talk us through some of the bikeability programs that you that you're running which are which are also I guess seeking to do the same thing right sure sure we've got lots of you know initiatives of intervention one I must mention and this is something that schools can get in and it's free you know it's totally free it's been running I think good for 15 years or so we, we call it the sustrans big walk and wheel and it's a two-week competition that all schools can take part in and it runs 21st of march the 1st of april so it's coming up mm. and it used to be called the big pedal we now call it the big walk and wheel because we want it to be inclusive for everyone to join in and um, what schools can do is they can log their journeys for a couple of weeks 
and you you go in a little league against other schools so you can have some competition have some fun with that there's lots of prizes to be won on there um we have a lot of suppliers that we work with who provide bikes and equipment um bike sheds all sorts of great prizes so that's the sustrans big walking wheel definitely to be mentioned yeah, that sounds great. And we'll, we'll, we'll link that into the show notes as well, because that sounds fantastic. And that's coming up 21st of March. So we can all start getting training for that right now. Absolutely. Because <laughs> am I right in saying, Don, you've got yourself a goal of a, is it an Ironman you're up to? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a half Ironman. Yeah, it's in, okay. it's in a month. It's in a month's time. I'm not feeling too uh, confident <laughs> for it at the moment, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll turn up. That's the main thing. But it is, a, it is, I was thinking about it though, it's, it's a goal, isn't it? It's having, mm. it's like a goal of saying, right, in two weeks' time, um, as a family, we're going to see, can we do a whole week, you know, actively traveling or something? Or it's, mm. you know, whatever it is, is it a, we're going to put our phones down for a few hours? Whatever your goal is, I think that is really important to, mm. you know, to help. So, projects wise, yeah, I think. I think at the moment as well, it's so important, this work, extra important, because we've had the lockdown period you mentioned where people had a snapshot of what it could really be like. Um, you know, it was quiet. People were out in nature more, weren't they, and listening to the yes. birds and talking, swapping gardening tips. And, you know, it was fantastic. Um, but there's a lot of children, I think, out there we're very anxious um, and worried, you know, going back in groups and we've got masks on and COVID and so on. Mm. A lot of our interventions, I think, are to help with that and, and help. So we've, we've got some of the traditional things we would do, a bike doctor. So we would, you know, go in and we'd actually um, tune up the bikes and check they're safe to ride or, or scooter doctor. Um, you know, we have like a little. I've even gone into schools with my full-on um, doctor outfit, nice. with my stethoscope <laughs> and everything, and um, and bike it, Jenny. Um, little shout out to bike it, Jenny. Made me a little um, coat at one point, which was fantastic. So I still use that. Um, bike breakfast. So I was at Showling Junior School yesterday, one of my top schools, and we work with um, a group of children called the Junior Travel Ambassadors. So that's great if you can find a little group whether they are mm. eco schools children or um, road safety um, so these guys there's in fact there's 30 of them which is brilliant it's, it's fantastic to see the children so keen mm. and we talked about a bright breakfast where we were going to do a pancake for pancake day you know so yeah. you come in and get yourself a pancake we're going to do up the bike shed so these are simple things you can do you can jazz mm. up your bike shed we've got valentine's coming up maybe put some you know some hearts on it love your bike Love your scooter, nice. have some fun with that. Put a few lights in it. We work on active travel zone maps, I mentioned. So, you know, what, where can you go within 10 minutes? Um, we look at, um, and now we do a lot more virtual assemblies and things like that. But I know that Paul, who you had on, Paul Turner, you had on your show, Darren, his, his work focuses a lot on air quality, mm. you know, um, in East Sussex and schools. So I've worked with Paul and we've gone into a classroom environment where we've talked about the air quality side and, and the effect of climate change on all of us. But also we had a bike generator machine. So we've got a bike where the children can pedal on it and they can create right. electricity and then the bulbs light up. Um, we had a bubble machine attached to it. You know, we had some real fun with it. But in amongst the fun with messages out there were, 
you know, the green opportunities for, for jobs that are coming up. Um, mm. You know, how, is, how can we create our own electricity? We yes. talked about discos where you've got piezoelectric motors and you can, you know, just by dancing can create electric. Because we, we, whatever we think of electric bikes, scooters and cars, they're coming. They're here and they're yes. going to get bigger. And we need to produce more power. So. Yeah, and we're so. in the education field, so we need we need to you know kind of facilitate the innovation, don't we? Well, it's yeah. not necessarily on us to kind of. I mean, we are obviously, and you are, and bikeability all sort of coming up with all of these innovations and ideas to try to you know to try to grease the wheels, if you like, in in, in getting the <laughs> things going. But we actually need you know the the students almost to kind of look for these opportunities to be able to kind of cash in, or sorry, sort of take make the most of um their 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 kind of their, their communities and 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 bring bring about that bring about that change I, I think it links to um a conversation i was having with with paul who we mentioned um but also with part of aim high is that there seems to be a very there's a multimodal approach to kind of making uh inroads and in change and that's necessary because we actually don't know it's impossible it's very difficult to measure what works if we yeah. knew exactly what yeah. works then we would all just plow all of our time and resources into this because we get the most 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 work most um outcomes from it but it sounds like what you've been doing with bikeability uh, is you know been trying a bit of everything in in the hope that it creates that kind yeah. of that that, yeah. that that group mentality if you like of moving everybody into those kind of greener um greener areas of of transport um, um absolutely Dorian. yeah yeah, great. Um, uh, we are. We don't know where the time is, is rushing. Um, if, you, if you've got, I did want to speak a little bit more kind of macro as well. Um, if you've got a cup time for a couple of more questions, Ray, before we before yeah, we log absolutely. out, yeah, absolutely, Darren. So let me just head ahead. We've got a quick news break, and then we'll come back to kind of the section three uh, bit where we're looking at um, the, the 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 bigger issue, if you may. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, Unison has expressed concern that lateral flow tests are in short supply in schools. A survey of school support staff showed that many were unable to follow government guidelines and test twice a week. Unison Head of Education, Mike Short, said, Schools and nurseries up and down the country have been struggling with high absence rates, and a poor supply of tests only makes things worse. The government needs to look urgently at what is happening. Despite ministers' guarantees that there were no shortages of tests, the reality on the ground is that staff do not have enough. Given current high rates of infection, the decision to remove face masks in schools is reckless. It is vital that staff are provided with tests to try and minimise the risk of the virus spreading. A number of refugees have arrived in Eastleigh, an area of Nairobi in Kenya. They have fled from civil wars persecution and harmful cultural practices such as female genital mutilation and early marriage in countries such as Sudan, 
Somalia, Uganda, Ethiopia and Eritrea. According to a report by the Forum for African Women Educationalists, girls face numerous challenges in their quest for education. It stated, the 30 girls who responded to the survey cited lack of proper documents to enrol into schools, discrimination due to their appearance, for example, the colour of their skin and their height, and the need to earn a living, as some of the challenges they face. Elijah Morambo, a consultant for the forum, told Ministry of Education representatives that setting up a database for urban refugees in the ministry can help this matter. He said, Kenya encourages the integration of these students into the education sector, but data on them is not available and makes tracking them for education advancement purposes difficult. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. Cool, welcome back. Uh, we've just coming towards the end of the show now, in fact, but I think I've managed to twist a razor arm just to answer a couple more questions. And I think I might just slightly change tact uh, rather than look at, because I think we've talked about the kind of the macro impact um, over the course of the show there. But I know that we mentioned previously that we wanted to talk about this, these um, uh, these things that are enabling people to be able to uh, get on their bikes more. And one of those things has actually been the updates or the upcoming updates to the to the highway code. So I'm, I wonder if I might ask you, Ray, just two things before, you, before we um, wrap things up. And that's firstly, if you could just let our listeners, you know, as you're, as you're I'm sure, all all over this because it's part of your part of your 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 day to day. Give give our listeners an idea of what these changes are and how they are um, making the roads safer for cyclists. And then the second question to ask really was just to give us an idea of what you're currently uh, working on and and how people can kind of reach out and get in, get in touch with you. So uh, highway code to start with. Sure, thanks, Doran. Yeah, yeah, highway code. Um, there has been a lot of campaigning. Um, a, a lot of this triggered actually from you know the lockdown and people wanting change. Um, mm -hmm. Highway code, you know, I'm a driver as well. I remember when I did the highway code, it's something that you kind of look at quickly. Um, you go through <laughs> it to pass your test and then perhaps it goes in the draw. However, I think the highway code is something that is getting revamped. 29th of January, we've got some new changes coming in. And my understanding of some of the key things I've pulled from it I believe there will be some more marketing coming out, you know, government-wise centrally. But one of the big things on there is they call it the hierarchy of responsibility. So really what's happening more is that the we all share the road, lots of different um, ways of getting around. But if you, it, it's based on risk. So in other words, if you think about it, the, a large LGV vehicle or a bus can potentially do more harm you know, than the other end of the scale, a pedestrian. Mm -hmm. um, so your kind of burden of responsibility, they call it, is where you've got to look out. If you're a driver, you need to be looking out for, for bikes, and then bikes need to be looking out for pedestrians. Um, you know, and it kind of a, it's a way of thinking about, for example, at junctions, um, if someone is already crossing or, or thinking about crossing a road, 
then how I understand it, vehicles will need to, you know, pull back, stop. They will get priority. That's something that's in there, which I think has been in there in the past, but this is going to be a lot clearer. Um, giving way to, to cyclists, so turning left and right. One thing I would say that if you ride a bike and a message to get out there, you're in very important. A lot of act, the, the more serious accidents are ones where a left-hand turn happens where you might be riding along in our country on the left-hand side and then a, you know, a, a large vehicle comes along on your side and turns in on you to the left. Mm -hmm. And that can be really, really dangerous. So what I would say with my kind of bike skills head on, you, you know, pull back. Don't ever take the risk of thinking I'll outrun them or I'll, you know, just wait and see what they do. Just stay away. Pull back, yeah. you know, walk on the pavement if you need to. Objects in the rear view mirror may appear yeah. closer than they are. You got it. You got it. It's <laughs> about the blind spots, it really is. Yeah. Um, there are things in there that explain about uh, cycle. I like to say people on bikes. It's not all about the the word cyclist. People on bikes. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be anyone. Um, just the way of getting around. So, we'll sometimes go in the centre of a lane. We we call it taking um, a primary position in a road. So if I'm going down the road where um, up the road from me where I live, there's a traffic island coming up. So I will I will look behind me and I'll move across into the centre of the lane, so that mm. I'm making it aware that look there's a pinch point coming. Um, yeah. You know it's it's, it's going to be safer for me. It's going to be safer for the driver because they might try cutting through and then find oh there's a big barrier there. So mm. this is really important um, as part of learning you know level three bikeability. But that's going to be in there of why why we do that sometimes as a cyclist there's also passing a cyclist very important that's one biggie that people feel quite intimidated by you know mm. car going past um so if you are on a road that's under 30 mile an hour you should give a minimum and i say a minimum of one and a half meters and then mm. if it's over 30 mile an hour two meters so that is going to be i believe in print as well which so is really, very difficult to do in some uh, in some old sort of uh, British cities, isn't it? When you think that they were all designed for horse and cart in the first <laughs> first yeah, place, but it yeah. but it makes it yeah. safer. It makes it makes it safer, and people have to you know the, the relationship that we have, you know, uh, that we are all sharing, that we're all sharing the road, and we all have to get along. You know, we all have to make sure that we can all get from A to B as safely as possible. You know, yeah. you could even go back to the fact is you know make sure you leave enough time to leave. You know, how often do you hear those excuses you know people i had to overtake you because i was late or whatever you know it's yeah, uh it, yeah. it's not it's complete culture shift it's a complete mind shift and the more that we what you're saying with the highway code is it's becoming now there's it's giving more not power but more kind of uh more more explicitly put in the in in law legal terms if you like that actually those with the that cause the minimum risk have the more uh, priority um and it was interesting the um the statistic I saw that more cyclists, that the more cyclists there are in the country, uh, the fewer the fatal crashes because of yeah. that that yeah. that dynamic of and and the relationship between cars and that symbiosis between the, the the car and the and the bike. You know, everybody knows. You know, there's more of them, and therefore they're more aware of them. So I think the you know if we can encourage more and more people on the bikes uh, onto the roads, then it does ultimately it's proven to make it more safe overall. Yeah, we can share that. We can share the space, darling. And uh, you know, uh, it's about um, 
putting your hand putting your hand up and just saying thank you for that you know or mm. you know from a bike with a driver saying thank you for that letting people out um you know it's just yeah. being yeah just being, just being kinder just um, being kind yeah, yeah just being yeah. kind that's all it that's is isn't it? It. <laughs> we're all just trying to get around do our best so yeah those changes are coming in yeah 29th of january and i think Great. that's you know really good timing I think that's reassuring as well because whilst we've been sort of talking about the, the need to get people out on the roads, on the bikes, et cetera, I think as a as a parent, if you're sending your kind of 10, 12, 12 year old or something onto a bike, you know, to, to go to school, you want that you need that reassurance, don't you? You need that kind of yeah. you need to know firstly that they are skilled up uh, and confident and comfortable with the route and 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 like you were saying earlier, knowing how to swerve, how to avoid car doors um how to you know how to make sure they position themselves particularly at, at, at junctions you know we parents would only i think you know sanction a kind of a, them going to, to to school on a bike on their own or you know in a group or whatever if those things were in place i think and 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 that Definitely. and the highway code really does uh underline the, you know it is is part of the the puzzle for that um, and then we need to look at the schools and the schools need to think, right, have we got places for, for bikes to park? Have we got these schemes in place like the pancake, like the breakfast? Have we, are, are we make, are we doing assemblies and, and are we kind of really kind of extolling, you know, exactly what, you know, the, 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 the benefits, um, uh, you know, it's it, it, this is so many and varied. I think this is why we kind of run over time. I think really because it's just such a huge <laughs> issue, isn't it? It's impossible it is, to it kind is. of squeeze into that time. But but Ray, let, let let me just now give you uh, some some time, if I may, just before we wrap up for future. Sure. Just really just say how we can reach out to you, um, where we can get in contact with you. We will put your sort of links and the details in the bottom of the show notes. But anything that you're doing, um, any projects that you that, that you'd like to kind of um, let anybody know that you're working on at the moment, and how we can reach out and get in, get in, get in touch with you. Sure. Thank you, Darren. I'll run through a couple. So um, yeah. just to chuck in there, you mentioned about opening doors. There's also the Dutch reach in there where you, you reach across with your left arm, you know, to get out the right yeah. side. It allows you to look behind you, you know, and twist your body and look and just check anything's coming. That sort of thing's in there as well, yes. just to mention yes. the Dutch reach. Um, what I'm working on, so people can get hold of me on my at Bike It Ray Twitter. Um it might have an email on there. You'll see all the sort of work that we do on there and resources that we're using and curriculum resources. There's also a video that I've pinned on there. You mentioned stabilizers, Dorian. <laughs> I, I, when I hear stabilizers, I cringe. No, stabilizers. <laughs> so last year. No, listen, it's all about the balance bike. Stabilizers for mm. me is a bit like <laughs> teaching someone to walk and then giving them some crutches, right? It's kind of... It doesn't yeah. quite fit. But having said that, it didn't do me any harm. I was on stabilizers, all right? I've done it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, they're, they're many, they're, they're around, aren't they? They're, they're yeah. around. Um... They're around, they're around. But I've got, <laughs> there's a little video on there. If I had it my way, ban all stabilizers. Take them off. Don't sell out, them. Out with no the stabilizers. No right. need for them. I've I'm going to go down many, and tell my daughter that now. <laughs> many children I've ended up teaching, Dorian, and, and parents are struggling because they go from stabilizers doing great mm. although falling off on them and they catch in things i don't like the mm. things obviously but there's a gap between actually riding and that's the technique you know that's getting the pedal set i'll call it the chocolate spot getting the pedal in the right <laughs> position um anyway i've got a video on my twitter if anyone wants to see nice. it. projects i'm looking at a road show where i go into school like an information desk for people where we, we do a bike doctor we we will bring in some bikes to try and e-bikes and things like that. We'll talk about 
current issues going on with with things like say um electric cars you know very quiet aren't mm. they that's a consideration these days for road safety mm. um in southampton we work with a lot of different you know backgrounds and cultures so it's important that we all you know be inclusive as we can so we've got that going on and mm. um, we've got valentine's coming up i mentioned we've got children's mental health week very important 7th of february so the yes. work we're doing will tie in nicely with that I'm very and just, to, just to pick on that point in a second, actually, because that's something that, that, that that's a clear link, isn't it? Mental health, well-being, et cetera, yeah. exercise that those two are those two are, you know, sunny and shit. No, not sunny and shit. That's a bad example, isn't it? Um, yeah. they, are, they are those two things go hand in hand with each other, they don't do. they? Um, and so they if do. we're looking to drive, you know, and, and improve well-being, we should be exactly, you know, encouraging people to get out there and get active so yeah they all, nice. they all link up the little einstein quote of um life's mm. like riding a bike it's all about balance you know it's so true mm. it's all these mm. factors mm. you know that can help like that um yeah i think you have a word of the week don't you sometimes jory and i i was yes. interested in bi- biophilic or biophilic biophilic um, hit me it's um well, how i understand it it's um designing schools and um housing and so on all to do with nature so it's it's very interesting it's all about you know having nature right in the school with you you know the grass areas trees plants even in the classrooms i think it's really cool but um, that's something i'm looking into great how we can actually um you know get some of that installed in some of the schools Mm. so yeah lots going on lots going on well right it sounds it's it sounds like it sounds like you're very busy first off it sounds like you have got an awful lot going on but what's really good is that what you're doing is something that you sound really passionate really something that you really enjoy and it's something that you you value and have you hold very um personally in terms of of you feel that you are doing um what is necessary really to kind of help uh, individuals but also s- communities and schools uh, all do their little bit which can ha- definitely have that uh, that extra help for the for 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 the for, for the world so uh, i'd like to, to to thank you for for everything that you do do and everyone else on the in you know, the sustrans team and and any other kind of similar organizations i think which are doing everything they yeah. can to try to you know mobilize people and kind of really trying to change the change the way in which we our, our, our urban areas have have grown because they've grown in such a way that they, in, in such an unsustainable way and i think we really do need to check ourselves now um and and the urban areas of the future need to need to be different um and the 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 the, the culture and the attitude towards uh, how we get from place to place also uh, needs to change as well. So it's it's great that the the wheel the, here we go again the wheels are in motion. Um, but, <laughs> like uh, but but yeah, Ray, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm sure you. many of our listeners will take away some some of your 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 top tips. And as I said, we'll put all of your contact details and links in the show notes below. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, Doran. It's been brilliant, and um, keep on rolling, everyone. Brilliant. Right on. Take care, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye now. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.